Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. Today is the second part of my conversation with Kate DiCamillo. It was recorded live in front of an audience at the 2023 ALA Annual Conference in Chicago. Be sure to listen to part one if you missed it. In this episode, Kate answers some speed round questions, and then we're joined by Andrea Tampa, Kate's longtime editor, to announce a new book, Ferris. So I want to switch things up just a little bit here. I have some speed round questions for Kate. Now, the speed round is something we like to do on our podcast, and it's just kind of like a rapid-fire question-and-answer session. So the first answer that pops into your head, Kate, you can just go ahead and say it. Okay. That's dangerous, yeah. (laughs) We can edit this podcast, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. First question, do you believe in ghosts? I, I know there's a speed element here. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Have you seen one? No. Okay. Do you play an instrument? If not, which would you like to play? Um, I uh, was actually a very good piano player when I was a child. Oh, wow. And I have blocked it all out because it was so traumatizing for me. So I would like to relearn how to play the piano yeah the childhood piano practice can be traumatizing yes yes Yes. (laughs) i had some of that um what's your favorite tool for making art that could be visual art or writing favorite tool for making art is that notebook yeah Yeah. and 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 a good pen yeah um let's see what's the biggest misconception people seem to have about you or just being an author or an illustrator in general I don't know. What do y'all think of me? I mean, I have to, like, I don't know what they're thinking. What are they thinking? And then I'll have to tell them if they're misthinking it. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that I'm taller, maybe, people think, because generally, because I, 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 like, I've had, I had somebody say that to me in, in a Walgreens, and she's like, I know who you are. Your stories are so much taller than you are. Yeah, it's like, so... What's a place that you've traveled to that you recommend to friends? Hey on Why. Anybody been to Hey on Why in uh, in Wales? It's it's a, it is a town of bookstores. Oh, wow. If you ever get a chance to go, it is nothing but bookstores and coffee and the occasional dog that walks past. <laughs> Therefore, it is heaven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite vegetable? Oh, I like all the vegetables. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I was really proud of myself for that question. I said, <laughs> wow. I said, wow, tomorrow I'm going to ask Kate DiCamillo what her favorite vegetable is. And then I patted myself on the back <laughs> for that great question. I do really like spinach above all else, though, if spinach that helps you. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite way to procrastinate? Um, you know, um, I know this is a lightning round, so I'm okay. just going to, like, mess with your program, no, but totally I spent, um, uh, from the time I was 20 to the time I was 30, wanting to be a writer and not writing anything, and that dark period cured me forever of procrastination in all things, wow. all things, and it, to, to a fault sometimes, it's dangerous how I just want to get it done, because that doldrums of 10 years of wanting something and not doing the work of it, I don't, 
procrastinate anymore. It's, it's like your early writing sessions. You like it to be done. It's done, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favorite mode of transportation? Bicycle, car, train, airplane. Something else I didn't even mention. I like a train a lot um, because it lets you, um, it's great for eavesdropping and there's not, the tension isn't as high as it is on a plane, yeah. you know, it's so cool. yeah. It's pretty relaxed on a train. I took a train into Chicago from Michigan. Oh, nice. How long does that take? About two hours. And did you eavesdrop? I definitely overheard some things. Yes. See? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I definitely overheard <laughs> some things. Um, what's your favorite board game or card game? I love every kind of game ever. All of them. I'm, I, I just All love a good... I love Scrabble. I love... Anybody play Rummy Cube? I love Rummy Cube. I, I mean, like, I love every game. Yeah. If you want to play a game, here I am. Yeah. Coming next year to the Pop Top stage, Kate and I yeah. play Cribbage. Yeah. Oh, do you like Cribbage? <laughs> I do. All That's right. my family game. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, favorite animal? Dog. Yeah. What's one book that you wish you would have written where you just shake a fist and say, oh. Uh, <laughs> I was in the Candlewick booth um, before the floor opened, and I, um, I didn't know that. Uh, have you seen the Mac Barnett and John Clausen book about Santa Claus? I just read it last night. Uh, it's fantastic. Y'all should go look at it. And I just caught it out of the corner of my eye, and I felt the spike of <laughs> jealousy and desire. You know, I was before I had even read it. It was just like, what? Yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a great book. Yeah. Um, What's the title? How does Santa Claus get down the chimney? Yeah. Yeah. Coming this fall from yeah. Candlewick Press. Um, what's your least favorite household chore? Well, cooking, I guess, is a chore, I, and it's not even the least favorite. I don't know how to do it, and I never do it. <laughs> so um, I just, I, I, I live in a, a neighborhood where I have a lot of friends around, and I just walk to their houses and see what they're, they're cooking. So is that a chore? Out the door yeah, and just kind of. Yeah. And I'm great at doing the dishes. And and then if you want to play a game after dinner, here I am. Yeah. Favorite color? Green. Yeah. Okay. There's 24 hours in a day. Which hour is the best hour to work for creative stuff? Oh, and this varies depending on who you are. You have to answer it first. Is there? Nine to 10 a.m. Oh boy, yeah, no, not me. Um, I I like I like ideally five o'clock, five thirty in the morning. Nobody else is up. Yeah. Um, nobody else is expecting anything of you. Everything is still possible. And for me, I've learned that the uh, voice that says, "Hey, you don't know what you're doing. Um, this will never work. Um, you're crazy if you think that it." All of that. That voice doesn't like really get up and going until nine o'clock. And so like I found that if I get up and do the creative stuff, that critical voice, which you need, I need it for when I deal with Andrea Tompa and her edits. Um, you know, it's not there early in the morning. Not there. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, speaking of Andrea, we have kind of a special announcement to make here. Um, and so I was going to ask Andrea Tompa, uh, Kate's longtime editor to come on up onto the stage to help make our Andrea Tompa. Andrea Tompa. <laughs> no one ever applauds for editors, and you, you would not believe what they do. And can I just say that 
Like, I get an editorial letter from Andrea for a novel, and it's usually, what, eight single-space pages? Um, and uh, I read through it, and I always have the same response. I, I, if you know so much, why don't you write a novel? Um, <laughs> and, and, and then, slowly, after a day of anger, I take it apart, and I start to do everything that she's asked, and I get a much better deeper, more beautiful book. That's what an editor does. So, yeah. There's Andrea Tompa. Thank you, And speaking of books, there's a new book coming from Kate, and Andrea is going to tell us a little bit about it. Go ahead. I I am so excited to announce that in March 2024, we are going to have a new novel by Kate DiCamillo. Um, You're hearing about it for the first time here. Um, It's called Ferris. And it is absolutely wonderful. It's about a girl named Ferris and her grandmother and a ghost. And there's a dog who looks a bit like a woolly mammoth. And there's a loving family. And it is absolutely wonderful. And I cannot, cannot, cannot wait for all of you to read it. Kate is going to read... A very bit from the beginning here on the podcast. Which is scary. It's scary to do it. Before before you start, is it okay if I ask just a couple questions about it? Absolutely. Me or Andrea? Well, a little of both, I think. Okay. So, Andrea, so you've worked with Kate for, for a long time now and edited a lot of books with her. What's something that maybe just the general public wouldn't know about the way she works or, or how she is to work with? Um, I, I mean, anyone who's met Kate knows how lovely she is, but I bet a lot of people think that, like, a big-time superstar author, like Katie Camillo, who's rolling her eyes next to me, um, is difficult to work with, and she is not. She wants to make the book the best book it can possibly be, and she is an absolute dream. She never misses a deadline. She works hard, and she writes so beautifully. It's just, it's such a gift to work with her. Kate, can you think of a time that Andrea um, like gave a note or a suggestion about a book, like a specific book maybe where it really helped you to see it in a different way or kind of unlocked how the book was made? Yeah, Andrea does that all the time. And and the way that she does it, um, in addition to the single-spaced letters, um, is is by asking um, questions. And the questions, uh, uh, when I ask them, they, ha- they provide... I mean, you never tell me what to do. You ask me questions, and the questions lead me to a deeper understanding you know it's just like I rely on her at a certain point I think oh well Andrea will tell me what to do here you know but it's like and it's with each book there is like a a small epiphany where Andrea figures out she always says it's like um trying to make sure that an ocean liner doesn't hit an, an iceberg. It's just like she's doing this minor, minor, like, little calculations and we're just shaving right past it. Usually, we hope, we are. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I just want to say that, um, you know, you make it sound like I'm asking questions, but I know the answers. I don't know the answers. 
Um, but you know, you know that you know you know that you know the right question to ask, and that's 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 the beautiful thing about a really good editorial relationship is it's not somebody telling you what to do, it's somebody who's in the story with you and can see it better than you can, so they can ask the questions that unlock the the secret door, you know. Yeah. Kate, can you think of like the, the spark of inspiration that started Ferris for you? I can. Um, should, should I go into that? Sure. Okay. So um, the Ferris was written during the pandemic, um, but it was conceived of right uh, before that. Um, my father had passed away, uh, and... Uh, he had had a, a very difficult childhood, and I'd had a very difficult childhood with him, and we were estranged. And uh, uh, just a few months after he passed away, on his birthday, my best friend, uh, her daughter, uh, gave uh, birth to uh, my, my best friend's granddaughter, a little girl named Rainy. And uh, Rainy, um, I, I, I looked at the pictures of her arriving in the world surrounded by people um, who loved her. And I thought, I want to write a book about somebody who has been loved well from the very moment that they arrived in the world. So that's where it started. Can you read a little excerpt from Ferris? Travis has read all of this novel. Um, and uh, he said that he liked it. So that's what, that's what, I mean, you know, Andrea has to say positive things because, you know. Because they're true. Loud. Yeah. I laughed out loud. I cried. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Okay. Are y'all ready? It was the summer before Emma Phineas Wilkie, who everyone called Ferris, went into the fifth grade. It was the summer that the ghost appeared to Charisse, the summer that Ferris's sister, Pinky Wilkie, devoted herself to becoming an outlaw, and the summer that Uncle Ted left Aunt Shirley and moved into the Wilkie basement to paint a history of the world. It was the summer that Ferris's best friend, Billy Jackson, played a song called Mysterious Barricades over and over again on the piano. Billy Jackson loved music. The very first sentence he had ever spoken to Ferris was, I hear piano music in my head all the time, and I wonder, would it be all right if I held on to your hand? They were standing in Mrs. Bleeker's kindergarten classroom. Squares of sunlight were shining on the wood floors, and Ferris gave her hand to Billy Jackson while he continued to explain to her about the piano music in his head. Billy's hand was sweating. His glasses were attached to his head with a strap. And Ferris knew almost immediately from that first moment that she didn't want to ever lose hold of Billy Jackson. She said, there's a piano at our house. You can come over and play it whenever you want. It was a big old house, the house where Ferris lived. Ferris had her own room. So did Pinky, and so did Ferris's parents. Charisse, Ferris's grandmother, had her own room too. That was where the ghost showed up, at the threshold of Charisse's room. Darling, Charisse said to Ferris, this ghost, she just stands there in the doorway and stares at me with the most mournful expression. What does she look like, said Ferris, besides mournful? 
She's wearing a long dress. She has a handkerchief in her hand, and she rings and squeezes it. Clearly, she is in despair over something. She is very unhappy, darling. Are there happy ghosts, said Ferris? I would like you to know that Boomer sees her, too, in case you are inclined to doubt my sanity. Boomer was the dog. He was part sheepdog and part German shepherd and also, according to Ferris's father, part woolly mammoth. No one was sure really what kind of dog Boomer was, only that he was enormous and furry. Boomer refuses to enter the room if he sees her standing there, said Charisse. He is a very perceptive dog. But why is the ghost here, asked Ferris. She was sitting in the window seat of Charisse's room, looking out into the backyard. Ferris figured that she had spent more than half of her time on earth in Charisse's room, talking to her grandmother, listening to her, playing gin rummy with her, and reading to her from the Bible, and also from a battered paperback copy of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. I mean, said Ferris, what do you think the ghost wants? I have absolutely no idea, said Charisse. I am utterly baffled by all of it, darling. Boomer was asleep on the rose-patterned carpet by Charisse's bed. He was moving his paws, breathing heavily, dreaming of chasing something. The one time Boomer had actually managed to catch something, a baby squirrel, he had dropped it immediately and crept into the house with his tail between his legs, devastated by shame and regret. His was a gentle soul. That was what Cherie said about Boomer. His is a gentle soul. Are you afraid of her, said Ferris? Are you afraid of the ghost? When you've lived as long as I have, said Charisse, who was 73 years old, you are not afraid of ghosts. What are you afraid of then, said Ferris? Indignities, said Charisse. I don't understand, said Ferris. Isn't that wonderful, said Charisse. I'm so pleased that you don't understand. It was late afternoon and Charisse was in bed. Why are you still in bed, asked Ferris. I don't feel well, darling, and that is all I want to say about that. I would ask you not to question me to death, as is your want. Ferris was Charisse's favorite person on the planet. No one denied it, not Charisse, not Ferris, not anybody in the whole household. Charisse was the person who had caught Ferris when she entered the world, literally caught her. Charisse had been on her knees in the dirt of the fairground, and she had been the one who had seen Ferris first. She said she recognized her at first sight. Welcome, darling. That is what she had said to Ferris, and Ferris swore that she could remember it, entering the world, seeing the blue sky, seeing Charisse's face smiling down at her. It's a love story, Charisse said whenever she told the story of Ferris being born. But then every story is a love story, or every good story is a love story. Thank you, Kate DiCamillo and Andrea Tampa for the interview. Thank you, Sawako Shiroda, for making it happen. Thank you to my co-host, Colby Sharp. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme music. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. Thank you.